0: yo what is going on people uh i guess it's 2022 now you know happy holidays happy new year if whatever you want happy you know blah 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 but uh we're back with the show took a little two weeks off just a week and a half off just because i'm like it's the holidays i don't feel like i don't need to upload an episode our last episode was a little uh finn and i talked about uh spider-man no way home and if you haven't seen it that movie is fire seen it two times already might go see it a third time tomorrow just because why the fuck not but uh, we're not talking about spider-man we're talking about wrestling this episode's just going to be about you know the highs and the lows the pros and the cons just the good things of 2021 and the bad things of 2021 when it comes to wrestling and all that i got my boy quad a here as always for our wrestling episodes or almost all the time how you doing quad a how, how how's it hanging how's 2022 treating you I
1: would say 2022 starting off to an uh, interesting start. I guess 2021 ended in the bad note, I got COVID. You know, that army, the Omicron surge is not – wasn't playing around in, in New York. But, yeah, and again, that. But 2022, I'll say I think I'm starting off on a bad note. So you know, good health. Uh, but I'm doing good. You know, wrestling is an interesting place. I wouldn't say that it's starting off to a good start, but definitely interesting for, <laughs> for the first few days. But I'm doing good, man.
0: That's so funny that, like, you're, you're, for example, like, someone that, like, literally told me, like, yeah, like, I just don't want to get COVID, trying to be safe, all this, (laughs) and then you got it, but not even, like, you got it from, like, doing anything, you just got it from your parents, like, the same shit happened to Finn, Finn got Mm -hmm. COVID, and Finn, for the longest time, wasn't really doing much, and then he got COVID from his parents, too, like, literally, like, someone brought it into the house, so that's just fucked, but yeah, so many people I know have it right now, like, fucking not family members thankfully but like you know friends and you know their family like it's wild but thankfully enough it's not like you know it's not the worst covid out there right now but it's still not fun because like we still like you know i don't mind the wearing the mask thing but like it's only making it look like like for example new york we're at the worst it's ever been (laughs)
1: yeah but it is sometimes besides like the long lines or like the at the tests, the testing places, it kind of doesn't feel like it because nothing's closed. People still do whatever they want to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not going to get better it's at all anytime soon.
0: Like, I'm hoping we don't enter a fucking lockdown or like, you know, and that's the thing. If we ever were like the New York, I mean, not even, yeah, New York didn't even give a shit the first lockdown anyway, but like the entire U.S. is a piece of shit. So no one's going to want to do it. Like, I don't know. Hopefully it doesn't ruin anything like i would hate for like you know shows especially like sports like sports is suffering a lot right now especially football like so many teams have it but, like i would hate for fucking things to be no fans again like it's just it's so not hard just to wear a mask <laughs> just do that like you know when we go to shows we've gone to a couple i'm a little bit more liberal with my mask because i'm like yeah I'm, I'm vaccinated i'm drinking or i'm eating so i'm gonna take it off and whatnot but like Next show I go to, I'll probably keep it on a lot longer than I normally have. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to take that thing off. You barely have ever taken You barely take your mask off. But uh, we're talking about wrestling in 2021 because we got a lot of good things to talk about, a lot of shitty things, and... We're going to start the number one shitty thing. And it's crazy because we're going to, in this episode, we're going to go back and forth from good things and bad things. So uh, just, you know, enjoy it. Hopefully you like it. You can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you know, trying to get more content out there this year at project underscore So we're going to start with the lows. And this, it's crazy how right before the year was even fucking over, a day before the year was over, no, the night of, was it? Yeah, the night of, the night, New Year's Eve. You think everything's going to be all right. We're going into the new year. Smackdown's on, Rampage is on. You got GCW having an event. It's going to be a good time. You know what happens? You know, Big Swole, she has an interview done where she basically explains how the lack of diversity and structure of AEW led to her leaving. And, you know, I'm going to read exactly what she fucking has on there. So outside of, and this is in brackets, uh, lack of structure. And I guess, you know, I could see it with a company learning how to fucking, you know, still get it together for the last two years. Like, there's going to be structure problems. I can imagine that. You got a couple of wrestlers in management. So, like, look at that. And, like, just this year, they fucking pulled the, like, creative away from Cody and Kenny Omega and on the Bucks. So, you know, clearly there's a structure thing. But anyway, she continues to say their biggest issue, which is diversity. I do not beat around the bush when it comes to diversity in my people. This is no representation, truly. And there is no representation, truly. And when there is, it does not come across in the black community as genuine at all. I don't know why everybody is so afraid to accept it or say it, but it's not a good look. What happens is you have the wonderful company that treats people like family, but there's nobody that looks like me that is represented at the top and in the room with them. They are not helping to necessarily influence decisions, but to explain why certain slang and certain words shouldn't be said. There is no one else who can explain our culture and experience except for us, she said. And then The next piece I got here, I believe that the company is making better strides than before, but a couple things need to be fixed. You have to be able to call people out because not everything is perfect. I hope they listen to this with an open heart and not just a "eh." She's just saying this because X, Y, Z. I genuinely want them to succeed. I love this art form. I love wrestling, and I want it. And I want I want it to succeed, and I want the people in it to succeed if they are genuine people. I want WWE to succeed. I want wrestling to flourish, and I want it to be a long-forgotten. I don't want it to be a long-forgotten tradition. Uh, Terrarian sport. There you go. I think I said that right. (laughs) Where in the old days we used to wrestle on. It's folklore. I want nothing but the best, but I want the change in the uh, change in application to happen. With promises you made to be diverse, I want to see that not just with black people. I would love to see a Latino, Hispanic, or more Asians. I I feel like the Asian Indians do not get the love. They just don't. Such a big gap. I hate the fact that I turn on TV and it's the same stuff over and over again. Hopefully, to get the message. Me leaving, honestly, was not bad. There's no bl- bad blood between TK and I. I don't like my peace being disrupted. I didn't like certain things and other things that I wanted. I will take to my grave. The diversity, that's what matters, she said. You know, when you look at what she said, she just said it how it is. You know, there's a diversity problem. You know, there's a lot of diversity issues still in other companies wwe you know makes it look like they've been doing pretty well since they got two black champions but still you can't look back and look past all the fucking years of issues they had which i fucking told you because you're like oh look at wwe i'm like oh hold on hold on wait a second they just doing that now but like you know she she basically said like you know i don't have any issues with the company i like the company but i want to leave because i don't feel represented I feel like they just don't have enough people of diversity around and especially in the roles that matter. And she just, you know, wants it to be better. She never said anything truly wrong. And you were going to say something when I called you out on the WWE part, but, you know, what would you say about this? What I just said to you about the WWE part plus like everything uh, Big Swole just said
1: i was gonna say the part that i argued yesterday or whatever it was is kind of invalid now after last night but so it doesn't even matter anymore <laughs> so exactly I, say, I, take all that, I take all that back <laughs> um but what uh, what big said, I thing you know i think i think i mean like it, it's her experience and you know what, what her experience is and what she saw can't be discredited because it's like that's what she lived in she's not, she's not she doesn't seem like a person who's like a liar she doesn't seem this genuine she seems like an honest very honest person um so like what what she said you know i believe it you know that that she thinks there's no there's not enough diversity there and you know that you know if you look if you look on paper there definitely isn't any people of color on top besides like maybe lucha bros um and maybe that's it. Honestly, I, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think, but I think Luchible was the only people of color that's like in a top position within the company. Outside of outside of them, there really isn't anyone. And then you have you do have certain people like Nyla Rose, but um, even even she's like you know some people are. I don't know if she expresses, but even some people mentions like maybe she's tired of being like that token diversity person because you know being black being a transgender you know it's 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 uh it's a lot <laughs> for her to her to carry on her shows alone and so people can't just look at her and then you know i think big has a good point i think aw does have like some diversity issues um and you know and you can't really compare to w because they're not they haven't been doing it like you said for like 50 years and even at that point What big, but one thing, big swirl says that you know, you know, what not to do because you saw the way you do 50 years and AEW chose to follow the same path. So it's like that's also like a thing that bothers me a little bit, um, about how AEW is currently going within like the people of color wrestlers.
0: I will say what I do kind of enjoy that right now that hasn't really happened per se is like it doesn't feel that. Every person of color that comes out of AEW or, like, who is a wrestler there is, like, a fucking racial, racial stereotype that WWE is big for, you know, and was big for. And for right now, I think, I can't think of a stereotype at the moment, but they've probably one still there. But, like, for the me- meantime, like, for example, like, you know, the black stars or black wrestlers that they have in AEW, at least they're not, like, fucking generic, like, I'm a black dude, so I'm gonna pretend I'm from the hood or anything like that. You know, like, for example, they got, like, Private Party, and they even had that one um, that one indie talent uh, that came through for, like, a dark episode, and they were called Wave and Curls, you know, and yeah. they're from New York. <laughs> but, like, it wasn't like Tony Khan looked at them and be like, you're black, and you got waves. You get with the people, you know, blah, 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 black power shit. No, he was like, you know, that's their gimmick, and that's what they came up with. So it's nice to see that. But, like, yeah, like you know, there's not enough black stars up on the top or Hispanic stars in the top. It's just, like, you know, when you've been looking at the world title picture, it's only been white people, you know? But, like, that's still, at the end of the day, like, that's part of what she's also saying, but at the end of the day, it's not also what she's saying. She's even, like, talking about management, you know? Like, saying, like, mm-hmm. the people who are in charge. Like, you know, it's not, you know, just, it's not simply, you know, diverse in there, and it needs to be because then it'll help them, you know? And... That's what she said. But then
1: were you going to say something? <laughs> I, I was going to say, like, yeah, there, there aren't many, like, top ex- execs. And so I I think like someone mentioned, or Brandi Rose is on top. But I feel like I don't want to discredit her, but I feel like she doesn't really count. I don't think any of the league counts as, like, top execs because none of them really have true roles anymore from what I heard. So, like, just, you know, like, just because they have one black woman doesn't mean problem solved.
0: <laughs> so. yeah. I don't even know what any of the elite actually does anymore, like, in their respected roles. They're technically still there, but, like, I don't even know what that entails, you know? And I think none of us ever really did, you know, from the (laughs) start, besides the fact that, like, they were kind of involved with creative, but now, like, there's literally, like, an article apparently claiming that they lost all of that. Like, the, the Young Bucks, Kenny, and Cody, they don't have that anymore. So I wonder what they do. But, you know, and that's the fucking thing about Brandy I feel like she should be better and do, you know, just fucking try and become a good exec because, you know, I don't have an issue with me, Brandy, except for when she tries to wrestle because it's fucking not her thing right now. And every time they try to, it's not fucking good. And goddamn, that fucking promo on on fucking (laughs) on Dynamite was Um, god awful. That was god awful. Like that, that really hurt the black community. That hurt the POC community. <laughs> that just hurt any anyone who listened to that shit. Should be offended. Oh,
1: that was the worst promo heard in my life. I'm sorry. Like who, who said such a thing on national television to begin with? Like. I like
0: know. AEW I on know. their instagram they fucking put that shit up again no. like they fucking put the clip of oh you got a black belt they put that shit up again on fucking AEW twitter and i'm on instagram and i'm like oh my lord like don't you and that's the thing too tony khan reads comments like tony <laughs> like the people in the elite the people in AEW, like You know, they're not fucking brain-dead, because I know they fucking read social media, specifically, like, Tony Khan, he reads the social media. He's on social media, clearly. We're about to get to it. You would think they would read their Instagram story or their post and shit and be like, oh, yeah, everyone is fucking saying how shitty this is. Let's not try and remember this. But, oh, they're still gonna fucking put that there. So, Tony Khan, you know, and that's the thing, when this happened... I remember I just wasn't looking at Twitter for a bit. I was just trying to do my own thing. I look at Twitter, and I see a shitstorm of everything that happened from when Big swell spoke to then Tony Khan's response, which was the top two at AEW execs are Brown, me, and Mega? Mega? I don't know. Uh, Jade, Bowens, Cassard, Dante, Nyla, Isaiah, Mark Quinn, all won on TV this month. The TBS title tournament has been very diverse. I let Swole's contract expire as I felt her wrestling wasn't good enough. Hashtag AW Rampage. <laughs> Street fight tonight. Boy, that is... <clears throat> just when I fucking read that shit, I think my jaw kind of dropped a little bit. Because I was like, Tony, Tony, Tony. You had the opportunity to just say nothing. You could have just said nothing at all. Because think about this, you know, I I think I I saw this all over on Twitter while this was happening. Everyone says horrible shit about Vince McMahon, especially, like, the fucking, like, you know, people that get released, or, you know, Vince McMahon never answers anything on social media. This motherfucker didn't even tweet "A, a fucking happy birthday to Shane McMahon when his birthday came, but when Triple H did, oh boy, he fucking did make sure to wish him happy birthday. But, like, he doesn't say shit like that he doesn't respond to any of this fucking criticism that he gets but fucking Tony Khan had to fucking respond and what he said isn't racist it's fucking insensitive and stupid and the thing is it just hurts so much of what AEW has done in the last two to almost three years because Right now, like, they're still my number one company when it comes to what I love to watch right now. Like, I love GCW, but, like, when it comes to the major companies like them, I really enjoy it. You know, Dynamite is fun. Rampage is fun. You know, this is good quality television to watch for wrestling. But then you discredit all of it. And there's the thing where now people are like, oh, like, you know, for example, you told me, oh, I don't know if I was going to watch AEW anymore. But that, but Brian versus Hangman's happening. So, like, I kind of need <laughs> to like watch that. So, like, for example, and, like, Chris, you know, from Tiger, I'm going to mention some of the things he said in a bit. But, like, you know, he's, like, also, like, in a way, like, like how is he going to watch this show knowing that the fucking guy in charge is saying stupid shit like that? And that's the shitty part, too. Like, I didn't even fucking watch the street fight, and I saw videos of it and how cool it looked. Like, there was blood everywhere. But, like, it put a sour taste in my mouth, and now it's going to affect that, you know, some people are not going to be able to look past what he said for the moment because... You know, they're going to look at it as AEW as a whole when, like, it's going to affect, like, certain talent. Like, you know, people should cheer for talent and root and go for the talent they like, not just, you know, the company and the people at top. Just, you know, go for the talent. Give them the viewing and appreciation that they deserve when you got – it's like Tony Khan saying shit like that. Like, what did you – when you saw that shit, what happened? What did you think? the <laughs> <clears throat> when I first saw, I saw people first.
1: All, I saw people complaining about stuff, saying, saying on Discord. I was like, oh, "What are people talking about now?" Saying saying going on. I saw, and then I looked into it and I saw Tony One's suite. and I was just like, "There's got to be a certain point." I mean, like it's like you said, it's not racist, What he said is just unprofessional. It's like you don't, you don't call someone out who used to work for you and just say this suck straight up they just say that they just say they're garbage they're a hard wrestler when in in the past he has said that he likes Big Swole and that Big Swole's a good (laughs) wrestler but now he takes all that back by just just discrediting her whole career just like you know like being a wrestler is not easy there's like a lot of mental health stuff and things like that and you're gonna make this comment and not to make this comment but he should know that he has he has a legit cult following of people who would just mindlessly like repeat what he says and just do what he does do, do, do what he wants him to do while him like he doesn't purposely do it but like people are worried, like on the internet so you know how many people probably attack big swole because because of the comments she probably made now because of that and saying man complaining about things like i i feel bad for her i hope she's okay at this point you know i hope that she's doing fine but like tony Khan just made a big mistake he got, like he said. It for me personally, it takes away the enjoyment. I want to watch AW. Like, I did not watch Rampage that night. I said, I'm not doing this, forget it. I'm going to throw you GCW. I'm not going to watch that the whole night. I'm not going to bother with, with Rampage. And I I questioned if I want to watch Dynamite this week, but you know, I'm going to watch it because, like, like I said before, I want to see Brown versus Hammond Page. But outside of that, the card doesn't look that great anyway. So maybe I just watch that and turn the rest off. But, um, and yeah, it just I don't know for me, it takes away the enjoyment. want to watch AW, just like no Antonio Khan could be this much of an idiot. Like, I don't think he's racist, I think Mr. Mann's more, probably more racist than him, <laughs> but like at least he doesn't make comments like this in the, in the open, you know. Like, you see, I get him that part. Um, uh, but yeah, like, and the way he made that tweet, like, oh, I have two brown executives that have six black wrestlers who won this week, it sounds like he's just being like i have black friends that's that's what the tweets sound like to me like he's trying to like make it seem like he's doing more than he is but really he needs to take criticism and actually take instead of being the crybaby and whining online like he he actually like on trump at this point man i I don't know what to say
0: yeah it's like you know it's pretty fucked up like like you are right like there are people because like i'm looking through the tweets right now and there's people that fucking like kind of you know Accepted what he said and like agreed in a way. Like, I'm looking at a tweet right now. It's like, my king, it's all in caps. My king is (laughs) out for war. Let's fucking go. Expected from the booker and promoter of the year. And it has like promoter of the year and fucking booker of the and like has him like in a crown outfit. And like, you know, there's other people. I see like I'm trying to find other ones that fucking agreed with this, but like it's so fucking ridiculous. I remember, and this is I tweeted about this too. I love Britt uh, Britt Baker. I know she's a heel. I fucking love, I love her. It, she's yeah. awesome, but she left. A, she retweeted that fucking tweet. She retweeted that. And I'm like, okay, you know, I know you're a fucking heel, but not even MJF fucking left a like or a fucking retweet on this thing. You know, like at least from when I checked. So like, he, he did. <laughs> he did. I, I remember yeah, looking he, at. I remember someone said that, and I looked at the likes, and he, it wasn't there.
1: I think he. I think he. He retweeted. He deleted the retweet. And then he started attacking people on Twitter, like like MJF does. Says <laughs> so nothing. Well, my right thing. Is
0: <laughs> so. Like you know, I expected from him, and like you know, even like at that point, I saw he didn't. So I don't know, but I'm gonna say like Britt Baker and people have been talking about this too. It's like Britt, you fucker. She helped bring you to a bigger point because honestly not that many people like cared about Britt baker at first in the beginning but she got big because they gave her a lot of tv time they let her talk she had that match with big swole like you know it boosted her and Britt baker's awesome she's fucking with adam cole so i can't hate her because she's with adam cole but when you do shit like that it's like you're a fucking idiot like someone should have told her take that shit down and I'm, like, looking more to try and see, but, like, a lot of people who are responding on Twitter are like, yeah, like, Tony Khan, you're a fucking dumbass for this. And, like, it's it's annoying, too, because, like, you know, I will say, though, like, the one thing is, like, people are still going to watch Dynamite after this and Rampage and continue, which, you know, like like I was trying to make a point of. It's like, you know, it sucks because when it's the owner of the fucking company, how do you make him understand that you're upset without, like, affecting the other stars you know because like i still want to watch it too because there's plenty of people on there i want to watch and support it's the same thing kind of like this man is doing horrible shit every other fucking day you know <laughs> and like people still love and praise him you know like i love it you know the wrestling twitter world will attack him left and right every fucking moment but you put this man on television they will bow down the crowd you look at the crowd and they are bowing down to him so it's like i don't know it's just that thing where it's like you know people i don't know it's just you can't just pick and choose but at the same time like people say one thing and then they just forget about it and leave it alone and that's 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 kind of like another thing it's like you know people are always saying like uh especially companies they're like oh there there clearly is a diversity problem and we're gonna do something to fix it but then what do you end up doing you know At the very least, WWE's had diversity problems for the last many years. They've been a fucking thing. But now we got two back-to-back black champions, and that's great. But now, (laughs) our boy just lost, you know, lost to a white man, which isn't the problem. It's just the fact, like, when you look more at what happened to Big E's, like, if you look closely at his title reigns and all that, it's not as perfect as it could have been. He was a great champion though, but uh, we could get into that a little bit after. But God, some of the things people said, and you know what, like, for example, Leo Rush was someone who, like, the moment he saw that shit, he was like, I'm not cool with any of this shit, he tweeted, then he goes, nah, he's like, nope, and then he tweeted, uh, if nobody says something, then I will, because this is fucked up, and now I'm pissed, and then he put in all caps, apologize, Tony Khan at WWE, and then he's quiet for the next uh, day, or at least a couple hours, until the next day, where he put positive change uh, for 2022, Celebration emo at Tony Khan at WWE. I don't know. Did you read this? I, I read some of it. I mean, so, I'll read it now so people can say. Uh, yeah. I want to. This is what Leo Rush says because I guess he must have done talked to somebody about this specifically Tony because he says, "I want to be clear. I do not consider this to be a diversity issue, and I at no point have thought or said that AEW or Tony is racist. We can all clearly see that this wrestling." that that wrestling as a whole and that the AEW roster is per, per, uh, per uh, perpetually there you go per, per, uh, perpetually diverse sometimes i can't read um <laughs> the issue at hand was a racial insensitivity issue having spoken to tony and mega we have discussed the endeavors to further understand the struggles of the black community. I am grateful to be able to understand more about Tony and Megazone, ethnic background, and glad that they are actively seeking input from an African-American perspective. I am proud to work for a boss and company that tried to make these strides in social equality. I look forward to working with Tony to keep making steps towards positive change. I pray that 2022 is a year of positive change in all, in all aspects. Happy New Year, and God bless be the change he puts what do you what do you take away from that
1: i think i can take away from it is that like and a lot of other people other a lot of other wrestlers black wrestlers on the aw that like, they can't they at least leo leo tried but i don't think he could none that could do anything because they speak out they don't get used ever again <laughs> so it's like half of them say oh you know they doesn't do blah blah there's not other nonsense like will hobbs and some captain guy, I don't know his name. Um, yeah.
0: Captain Sean Dean. He said something about like, I'm trying to look for the tweet, but he said something. Oh yeah. That he's a extra coordinator. My official title. And at AW behind the scenes, a blackmail in the office, giving as many opportunity to minority talent as I can every single week on the community team, raising awareness for any city kids, the things we are expecting can and will happen. Trust the process.
1: Hmm. See, what's interesting to me is like he says that right the people who's on the contract at aw who has a job there weekly say the right thing that they're supposed to say you know keep your job but then you have someone like Darius lockhart who you know he's been on dark he's not signed to aw talking about yeah he had a meeting with Tony Khan. he gave him a flash drive or something like that about like how he could help you know how he's underserving the black community wrestling um and Tony Khan doesn't listen to it so or that's that's the given the given like impression that he didn't do anything with it um so like who am I believe? People who work for the guy or people who on the outside end are trying to work for the company or have worked for the company but not signed you know, who's there trying to help. I'm thinking I'm going to leave more towards like a Darius Lockhart than a real Hobbs because I feel like real Hobbs, he's in a good spot. What are you going to say? Tony Khan doesn't care about us or he doesn't give us pushes, but he's in a decent spot, so like, he can't really say that. But then like, I don't know. It just... A lot of just curious. I I I honestly not really paying attention to what Russ is saying, but Leo Hart Leo Hart, Leo Rush was the one person that was like, all right. He seems to be the only person upset here that I'm gonna like follow him I respect him, what he's doing. And hopefully Tony Collins listens to him. That's that's like ask for at this point. Um,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean like someone like uh fucking Leo Rush, like someone like you know, you even said it like I wonder if he's gonna like leave after this or something. And I was like, I kinda hope he doesn't because like I want like you know, I wanted Leo Rush to be big all the time because Leo Rush is awesome. I remember like seeing his waves, like all the waves he was creating in the indies before WWE took him. And then when they fucking didn't re him, and then he came back, retired, came back, retired, blah, 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 It's like, great, now he's back for sure, and he signed with AEW. I just hope they use him. And I hope instead of leaving, you know, I hope that, you know, he tries his best to, you know, fix it, you know? It's one of those things where it's like, you know, it sucks that, you know, Big Soul decided to leave because of the diversity issue. I just wish there was, you know, and she definitely tried, but I wish there was, I wish it was black and white when it comes to, like, how how can you really... Help and make a difference because you could say like you know you could be where I'm at right now saying like I, God I wish she didn't leave and I hope she tried to figure out ways to like you know you know find more ways to do something and make a difference but like she probably tried the best until she just couldn't take it anymore so hopefully if Leo you know talked to Tony Khan like hopefully he's doing something hopefully if people like this Captain Sean Dean dude like hopefully they fucking try and their very best to make diversity a very big thing you know. AEW, like, they're still young. They're not per se setting their ways like a WWE that it took years and years. So, like, you know, at the end of this, I look at it as, like, I'm optimistic that hopefully things will fucking change. You know, I hope that Tony Khan isn't a full blown dumbass. I know you, when I was texting you, you were not optimistic at all. But uh, I hope this man, because, like, if he could listen to certain things, like, you know, getting us the matches we want or getting us, you know, the stars that we want signed to the company. I hope this means he could actually, like, you know, take a fucking second and be like, all right, well, let me stop being a dumbass and try and figure out where the real issues here.
1: Yeah, the only reason why I'm not optimistic is because like, he's, he's, a, this is not, this is nothing new for him. Like, he's always offensive when people t- criticize him. And it's just like, dude, you're, you're a CEO, you're the owner of a company you need a publicist because at this point I don't think you have one <laughs> or at least they're not doing a good job because you shouldn't be making tweets like this and you shouldn't be complete you shouldn't whine every time someone makes a bad comment and take the feedback even if it's dumb as even as the dumbest feedback possible like something like as stupid as oh you do too much draw or something I don't know at least listen to it and then you know think about it maybe incorporate a change if there's a change that needs to be done or if not at least you listen to it you know or at least you looked at it but instead of crying on the internet like a little kid don't do that that's, that's you not that's not a good look for you it's not good for the company um yeah i don't know Tony Connor, just man up <laughs> I, don't, I don't know
0: like dude do yeah this is why like for example vince won't look at you as a threat when you're doing dumb shit like that <laughs> <laughs> so you know this is this was a very interesting tweet so yeah i mentioned him before on the pod chris you know at not chris he's uh the guy who has Tiger he's been doing great stuff for he does a great thing for the wrestling community, for the indie community, for just people of color in the community. He does a great fucking deal. I respect Chris a lot. He's what's crazy, he's only twenty fucking three and he's like been very successful for his age, you know. went to college early, he eventually dropped out, but that's cause he realized he didn't need to go to college for what he wanted to do. So I respect the dude. So he, uh, he fucking put out this tweet, and it got so much heat off of it. Good things and bad things. Yeah, he, I'll just tell you. What, I'll read the tweet, and then I'll see how many fucking interactions he got. And I, even, I can't even tell. I got to check the numbers on the fucking responses. But So the big issue is how a lot of white people translate a big swole. There is a diversity problem, and the show could be more diverse, into her saying AEW and Tony Khan are racist. There are, those are two different statements, which is kind of how some people took it. That she's like, oh, no, they're racist, blah, blah, blah. He got 317 retweets, 16 quote, t- quote tweets, almost 2,000 likes. But I'm trying to see exactly how many comments he got on here because there are so many comments on here. I'm going to scroll real quick. I'm trying to find this per- exactly where he said it. Let's uh, see. He got 73 fucking comments on that. If I had 73 fucking comments on one tweet, I'd be going insane. The amount of shit that he got. So, like, for example, someone tweeted at him, there is no diversity problem, really. He's like, you're an idiot. He's like, no, I'm not. And you have to resort to name calling. You're making this pointless. He's like, no, I don't have to explain why there's a diversity issue when I've been explaining it all day. So, you know, someone likes to, um, uh, for example, uh, Big Swole. She put out a tweet back October 12th. So AEW posted a photo, a little video of Jade. Because it's uh, the it's tweet goes, Who do you think will be the first TBS champion in January? And it has like a little video of Jade doing her promo or whatever. In character, because this is the thing. People look at this as like it was actual problems that Swole has. But no, she's just probably tweeting in character. And that's what it looks like. Should be the one you all still over. We know it'll be Jade. So, Big Swole is saying in her fucking thing, like, oh, I should be champion. I should be given an opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And people are fucking taking this post and looking in, like, oh, no, she's, like, shitting on the company. She's salty. It's what this one tweet is saying. Like, you know, it's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah. People, I man. People are stupid. Internet. That's why I got stuff from us on Twitter. I think. My my Twitter has changed into like Bulls Twitter now, which is thankfully is way better than rest than Twitter. But you don't even tweet, dude. There. I don't. <laughs> I don't tweet, even see you tweet. <laughs> I don't. But there's this stuff just reading, just like gosh, like, people are just stupid. <laughs> Honestly, just, like I don't understand why you try to argue with people. Like, oh, there's no device. Like, bro, just read, learn, and then move on. Don't make a comment. Don't try to be smart. It's not worth it. Don't attack people. Baseball is not salty. She's like. If she wants to tweet in character, she tweets in character. She probably friends with Drake, for all we know. Like, chill out. <laughs> so yeah, you know, most, you know, life. So like, yeah, I don't know. People just need to need to chill.
0: <laughs> someone tweeted. Someone tweeted at Chris. What are you saying? Big issue is blaming others for your shortcomings. Even fucking this person put like Swole's name in there. What else? Uh, quit being race. Quit bringing race into everything. Of course, a white guy had to fucking say this. <laughs> <laughs> like it's man like you know i'm not gonna say you know all white people are awful but god damn there's so many of them that makes it really like it makes it so easy to say that when there's so many of them saying shit like this and can't look at this you know and then like it was funny um fucking after tony khan said that shit uh Talia Conti, uh, she fucking retweeted it saying like, "Oh, I think Tony Khan's amazing. AEW gives me so many opportunities as a Latina, blah blah blah." And that then like so I started funny. I started reading the tweets about it and like one tweet was like, "Hi, I represent the Latino that's de- great. Uh, des- uh de- I fucking represent the Latino community and we don't re- fucking represent her right now at this. The Latino delegation does not accept this from her." dude, like, I'm fucking Latino. I also just recently, I always knew this, but now I got to confirm, I'm fucking Afro-Latino because I actually asked my grandmother. I'm like, oh, like, I just want to know, like, we have black family members, right? She's like, yeah, like, on your dad's side, like, you know, you got, like, some of your grandparents there are really black. I'm like, how black? She's like, she pointed at an air fryer. She's like, you see how black <laughs> that is? I'm like, all right. So I always knew I was partially black somewhere in me. So, but like, even then, like, you know, Latino specifically, you know, we don't get a lot of op- opportunity in the U.S., specifically like in things of content creation. There's a lot you could go into there, but when we're talking about the problem of diversity, and now especially bringing into the black race into this, fucking Ty Conti has to shut the fuck up. Like, no one was asking for your opinion about this because you didn't add anything that was helpful.
1: <laughs> the part that Karen was was that you put, "I know the struggles." Like, you don't know the struggle. Sh- first of all. I, like I, i'm not gonna, i'm not latinos i'm not so i'm not gonna speak i'm not gonna like pretend i know things but i have a lot of friends so most of my friends are like, latinos and like being from brazil being a latino from brazil i think it's pretty different from being like a latino from like the Republic Republic puerto rico like at least like being born in new york i think those are two different type of like situations or like experiences you probably Hell have yeah. and like and beyond that you don't know struggle i don't think she knows the struggles of like black people or the <laughs> like, she she's like, out here fucking saying like
0: she said this fucking shit like oh <laughs> cutting promos in english blah, blah blah like shut up shut up like that's so fucking oscar has
1: trouble cutting promos but i, I you don't see her over here complaining and even she the tweeted i love 20 con Girl, you did what on TV as a champion. We shouldn't even be bragging about that. <laughs> need to that I'm sorry. This some I'm just, that just me, got me upset.
0: Yeah, I mean, just reading like so many things that like you know, I've been following Chris because Chris, like you know, he fucking actually goes out of his way to fucking respond to these people, which is probably the problem there. You know, I've been thinking in 2022, I want to like get on Twitter more and respond a lot more, but I feel like that's only going to hurt me a lot more because I'm going to be upset <laughs> a lot more wrestling Twitter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, someone, so Meltzer on AEW's diversity issue, he put, those who are over will get more TV time. The guys who aren't, who won't, who uh, aren't, won't, whoever it is. The purpose is to find those who draw, but some people don't care about any of that and don't care if business goes down, just so that they have a percentage of time for certain individuals. So, Chris, he put that on his Twitter, and then he goes, You can't get over unless you have TV time. This is frustrating. For the most part, people who buy into individuals who get decent stories, showcasing wins and big matches, which is chosen by an individual. He then goes, I don't rock with Jay Lethal, but man had a major debut, had a match, everyone thought was great, and then what? Hobbs had a great showing against Punk, and then what? He got regulated to dark. Trying to tell me the varsity blondes were over when they started getting TV time and opportunity? (laughs) Fucking stop. Like, it's true. Like, think about it
1: it's so true like you, you can't you're not like gonna get over if you don't get tv time and it's like and, and a lot of people who are on tv sometimes aren't that like do you really need w adam on tv every week i mean i guess so because people like him but like do you need jungle boy on tv every week? the guys are like the blandest person in the world where you could like put freaking little Moriarty every week you know i'd rather watch him than than jungle boy but yeah you need, jungle- you need TV time
0: yeah. And Jungle Boy is cool, but that's the thing, though. We I think of this because all they do is put him on TV, so of course I'm right. going to like him. <laughs> like, for example, he goes down and puts, like, Britt Baker was not over two years ago. We all remember that. They kept giving her opportunity in promos. And then please compare Swole and Britt Baker's time on Dark and Elevation and, Dark and, and Dynamite Rampage since the Tooth and Nail match. And that Swole won, and, like, you could clearly see the difference. And, like, you know, Swole was just... After that feud she was only on dark and right and elevation, barely barely on the fucking TV side of things. But then when you look at Brit, she's only been on TV since this has happened. Like it's very clear whose position he puts it's very clear who's positioned to be over by who is featured on TV and has had decisive victories, even when people are saying Brit wasn't great early last year. Dude, it's just it's like, you know, it's where you, you put it on piece. top.
1: He can't even make the that There is a bad wrestler because I'm sorry, but you have people in the roster who aren't good. Like you, I hate to say, it, Jade has the look, but she's a bad in ring wrestler. <laughs> like so it's just, I'm just gonna put it out there, she sucks. And she don't suck. I take it back. But she's not that good. But but then if you could, if you could put her on TV, I'm pretty sure you could make Big Show look like a star too and put her on TV if you really wanted to. But it's just they they pick who they want to put, <laughs> and then I mean, that's. Good for them, you know. If you want to really, yeah. good, if you want to put big Swole on dark, I show that maybe a quarter of your art, your audience watch. You're not gonna, you no know, one's gonna get over like that, you know. Like it's just, just, just not good.
0: Yeah, you know what? Like, you know, I will say, Swole, she has gotten better since her, since she came out. I will say her promos are awful when she keeps calling it that bitch show. It just wants me. I just want to kill myself every yeah. time. Like, I hate that still in WWE and fucking in AW, it's the word bitch that is fucking used every fucking yeah. time they can. But, it's just frustrating, man. Like, hopefully something will happen. You know, I'm very interested. I wonder... It was the plan to always is the plan to always put the title <laughs> on Jade, or will this make them put the title on Jade, or will they not put the title on Jade? I'm very I interested, think, like to see what's gonna happen. on Wednesday. I think no matter what
1: happens, Tony Stark is gonna get crucified. Is that is that either he's doing it just because he wants he to not look bad, he's not like doing it, or or he's not giving black people a shot. <laughs> so either way, he's not gonna look good for him. So I feel bad for him in that sense, but shouldn't I made a comment when i've been in situations what what can you say
0: yeah man like this dude needs a fucking he needs to fucking go out and give a fucking real statement like he needs a publicist (laughs) or if he has one he needs to fire him and get a new one because clearly they ain't doing their job and just like you know fucking put a statement out there saying he's not a fucking it it, that much of an idiot and then you know see what happens from here because right now Tony Khan, he's really discrediting all the fucking things he's he's built with AEW. Like clearly he knows what he's doing at certain things, but then when it comes to this, it's like, dude, what the fuck? Anyway, let's. Uh, I guess I think that's enough time we've given this topic. It's been a it's been a conversation. Now we could dive into more of the ups and downs of 2021 in professional wrestling. Uh, just talk about the good things, some of the bad things. We'll go back and forth a little bit. Um, what would you you start us off quite a I started off talking about this whole race diversity thing going on aw so you you give us give us something good to talk about
1: something good I think the so, uh, so I have my list like frame I was having for like wrestling this year I think the first one on my list the first thing I could think of which I think honestly was probably the most entertaining thing that happened and we have to see and we got to see the start of it live was Matt Cardona's GCW run I think honestly that was probably the best thing to have happen <laughs> in wrestling this year. Like it's something that I just, you know, it's one thing we didn't really expect to see in 2021, but something we were definitely happy to have, 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 have happen.
0: Yeah. Like I, I have that on my list too. I just put Matt Cardona, you know, who would have thought him being released from WWE, which was crazy for the longest time with how many times like they do their spring cleaning, like who, would, excuse me. Um, Who would have thought like by the time that they let Mike Cardona go like you know I thought like when thinking they released him I'm like damn that sucks like I wonder what he'll do and he's someone that's kind of been held back for so many years you know think about it Twitter uh, WWE would have eventually gotten to Twitter. But they didn't get there until fucking Zack Ryder, fucking Matt Cardona, made it a thing by showing how popular he was on there, getting into fucking YouTube and all this. He got himself over. WWE finally fucking said, all right, we'll do something with you just to never use him again. And then they did something again with him just a little bit, and then they didn't do it again. Like, a guy clearly was a star for a long time that just never had the potential because of everything else that's going on in the company. They release him. You know, he signs of Impact. He first showed up at a AEW with Cody Rhodes, They tag team for a bit. He goes to Impact. And, like, you know, I was kind of watching a little bit because I'm like, you know what? At least he's doing something. That's cool. Maybe he'll get a big opportunity. But we did get to fucking see him show up at GCW Zombie Walk. And, you know, everyone thought it was going to be Moxley because he was beefing with Moxley. Nick Gage was what we're talking about. And then for it to be fucking Mac Cardona, that was crazy. He fucking wins the GCW world title in a death match that not only did he go over and win, but the fact is he actually went fucking hardcore and had a death match. Like, that is probably one of my favorite matches of 2021 because this dude, it's from WWE. He's like, you know, when you look at him, he's like, oh, he's just a little pretty WWE wrestler. But he went fucking off. That shirt he had was white and it was red by the time he left. <laughs> He's been posting on Twitter for the last couple months. He's still pulling out shards of glass from his body, from all the fucking shit he did. And then, you know, the heat he got for being world champ. He came out one time looking like Vince McMahon from ECW. (laughs) Like, that's fucking hilarious. Like, this, all of the work he's doing definitely beats what he's doing in Impact. It's still, like, it's kind of like regular Matt Cardona there. I kind of hope he, like, changes the character just a little bit there so it's not as, like, regular Zack Ryder stuff as it was. But, like, he did have a feud with Kurt Hawkins there. That wasn't bad. But dude reinvented himself and made him probably one of the biggest – He's this is the most over he's ever been since, like, you know, his time into Twitter world when he started Twitter and all that. Like, Matt Cardona deserves his fucking flowers for this year. He did so much – lost the title the moxley then has a feud with effie and a fucking match between effie and uh alley versus chelsea green and mac ardona i mean i'm really hoping something's leading because he claims he's done with gcw right now like you know after they lost but like he did say he was going to hammerstein and i hope that's like he still actually does go to hammerstein and maybe has a match like I'm kind of sad. I wanted to see Effie and Zach Ryder or Matt Cardona go against each other again, but now it looks like we're getting Jeff Jarrett and, and Effie, which is kind of fire. But um, either which way, Matt Cardona is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, he really is. Like honestly, like that's I was never I was
1: never a big fan of him. Like when he's in WWE or even during the time where he was like really high, I was like I thought he was just like okay guys, It wasn't anything like special to me. But once this guy stepped into like after he got fired from WWE and then went to gcw that was just because it's something you don't expect like his his character worked so perfect there being like the fed guy in the world in the indie world of like death matches and all that stuff so like it fit perfectly he and sadly he can't really play that kind of role i guess in like impact or he couldn't maybe in a different way but it works so well in gcw and just like having who 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 leaves w and just say all right, i'm gonna do a death match with nick gage <laughs> like that's like this dude yeah. just did some that no, I don't think any other wrestler legit <laughs> like of his kind like, of his, like if his kind of attitude legit do, which is just funny. But, um, yeah, his run, his run was hilarious. Like, maybe I think he only had like maybe like one or two defenses, real defenses. But everything he was on the show was funny, and you know, he, he couldn't take he, like he was one of the highest abuse there for a while. And GCW as a whole really was just popping 2021. They really stepped the game up. Um, so yeah, Macador, man, that. Definitely, probably my favorite moment. I think Matt Carter versus Gage is probably my favorite match of the year, um, or at least top five. But yeah, like I can't. If if that didn't happen this year, I think 2021 would have been a pretty boring year. I gotta say that.
0: Yeah, I I wish fucking Atlantic City wasn't as far away as it is, or like you know, like I wish like I guess we could fucking take the buses and get a hotel for future shows, but I'm just sad that. For Matt Cardona versus Cage, and then for Gage versus Moxley, it was like two weekends where I just couldn't fucking get up there, even if I w- had the chance. Like, I won for, yeah, for Matt Cardona versus Gage. I promised my girlfriend I would go to like this thing, and we'd spend a weekend together at like some in Long Island, so of course I had to go there. And then, fucking, I was in California when that match happened with Gage and fucking Moxley. It's like, god damn, like, those would have been awesome to go to. But the time we did go to GCW, so that'll be my, like, pro. GCW was great this year. Like, GCW was something I discovered last year because I love Deadlock and being a part of it is awesome. Even though I haven't done much lately in 2021 and, um... But This guy, Johnny would always talk about, oh yeah, GCW is awesome, deathmatch, blah, blah, blah. And then I watched Backyard 2, and that was sweet. And then, you know, I kept telling you about it, too. Like, oh, check out GCW. Like, look at this and look at that. What's up, Papa? Watching a dog, people. Uh, anyway, so, like, their shows have been awesome. Fucking, I just watched last night Scotty Too Hottie go against Jim, uh, uh, what's his face? Joey Janela. Like, fucking scotty too hot like and he put on like a pretty good match for being scotty too hot and being out of the ring for six years because he was a fucking you know working with wwe like gcw had put on some crazy stuff moxley being in there gage being in there just like obviously matt cardona being a thing effie is awesome aj gray just this whole promotion alone like sure they have their problems here and there. It's like every every other promotion does, but they put on great fucking shit majority of the time. Like I never thought I would like Deathmatch Wrestling until I started watching GCW.
1: Yeah, I think my first show that I saw from them was in twenty twenty. It was like it was one of the backyard matches, backyard wrestling ones. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, but I didn't watch it until like right before we went to that Atlanta show but i kind of had watched i had watched the death mat tournament the day before and that thing was just crazy i was just like all right and i'm invested because whenever you put on the death mat tournaments those things are just insane like uh, the last one i did um where cologne won i think he won something i feel like he won but he went against shoot i don't know who the final was, was against someone but that match is really good and you had people like charlie evans who i came out of nowhere and just like became a star and gcw Ali's always great. Like, everyone in GCW is honestly really good. <laughs> like, I, just, I don't think anyone there that I could say like I don't like this person. But they're all good. And they're bringing people like Jeff Jarrett. They had Kevin Nash and Sabu for an upcoming show in Detroit. I think like or Houston. Like they get these big names out of nowhere. <laughs> I don't know where GCW got this money from, but they got bread now and they're just spending it. And I, I mean, I, I'm I'm good for it, because the shows yeah. are. Yeah.
0: Like, really I mean, last year they had Sabu. Um, for their, out- this one thing that they had outside, here, Papa, <laughs> dog's awesome, big ass dog, anywho, <laughs> oh man, I should close this, um, they just, they fucking do awesome things, like, uh, this is another good fucking point I'm gonna put on here, and this, like, ties into it, Minoru Suzuki's run in the U.S. this year was awesome, and being able to see two of those matches was even fucking better. So you and I, we saw him uh, him and uh, Lance Archer go against fucking Eddie Kingston and John Moxley in a lights-out match at uh, Grand Slam Rampage, and that was fucking dope. Like, just seeing those two go at all four of them go at it, and just saying that you saw Minoru Suzuki, like... This is a guy from Japan. He's been one of the fucking leaders in New Japan for years. Known to be just a fucker, man. Like, he beats the shit out of people. That was dope. But then, you unfortunately couldn't see it, but I got to see Suzuki vs. Homicide. The fucking guy who's going to take on John Moxley at the Hammerstein. Fucking Suzuki. Just, like, so cool. His entrance is dope. The fucking... Just... His presence is awesome. His match was great because he's just beating the crap out of Homicide and laughing. They're both laughing. Like, it was awesome. Yeah, I wish I could say that's that, an, uh, That's another thing. GCW brought him... He. I have to watch Gage versus Suzuki. That was the last Gage match that he... Uh, match Gage had. But he also had a match against, I believe, Joey Chinella. I think he also had a match against, like, two other people in GCW or three. But, like, gcw brought him there but continue I, for, I just cut you off for a second oh, no God. i forgot we saw that match at rampage but um he also had the
1: match against brian which was on a pre-show to a rampage <laughs> it's like
0: yeah literally this was their answer to wwe fucking cutting into their tv time
1: i've been watching to watch that and i think it was sasha bang versus becky lynch
0: yeah it was really so.
1: good but that brian suzuki match was just awesome
0: but we literally, Minoru Suzuki had a USA run that was, like, fucking bonkers. So that's going to be another favorite thing for me in 2021. Like, being able to see Suzuki just awesome. That was one of the things I've always wanted to do. I thought I had to go to Japan to go do that. But, hey, fucking did it in the U.S., so that's awesome. Yeah, what else yeah, do you got?
1: One this is a surprising one. But, like, honestly, I think some people will probably hate to say this. But at my favorite moment, I, I think NXT 2.0 has surprisingly been a very big highlight for me in 2021 for the East side. Like if if you've been watching the ending of the end, the last run of Triple H NXT where like Cross the champion, Raquel um, MSK long run for no reason. NXT was getting really bad. It was getting stale. The matches just wasn't hitting anymore. Cross was a horrible champion. Raquel was boring. Um, and then, like the last good thing was Finn Balor's run, but that ended and then, he did what he did they lost adam cole they lost so much people um and actually at that point back and going NXT was just dead like but then when they refreshed it and did like the 2.0 like it brought back kind of like my love for like characters in wrestling because you have people like brown breaker who's such a character he's basically his dad mixed with um scott into like one perfect being um he's great you also have people like even grayson Roller, who's someone that i didn't like at first but He he's he's his character is actually pretty decent, like you know, and a lot of them are pretty good in the ring too, to be like rookies or like people who haven't had that much experience to say, like Kevin Owens did when he came NXT. But um, yeah, I've just been really enjoying NXT 2.0. Like everyone there, I don't think I have like one person I can say I don't like this person. I think all the people in there is really good, interesting so far. Um, you have highlights like freaking uh, Carmelo Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Like those two like comedy gold. And honestly, I see him as like, the future of the, at some point, at least uh, Carmelo Hayes. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just love NXT 2.0. I think it's, I think moving away from AEW on Wednesdays did um, justice, honestly.
0: Yeah, like uh, that's the thing. Like I put that as, a, I put that as an L moment for me, but also a pro. It's one of those things because honestly, that nice thing about NXT for the longest time when, you know, Triple H was running it, uh and like doing what he did like it was just it felt like the alternative it was like if you don't like friday night smackdown if you don't like monday night raw go check out nxt because look at what they had they fucking helped st- like help put over people that were already over like kevin owen sammy Zayn, uh fucking finn balor like all these great stars were there having matches like crazy and it's like the fact is like you they just did so much, and it was about the wrestling. It was cool. The wrestling was so fucking good, but the thing that it had the WWE, uh, the thing that it didn't have the WWE does is characters and storylines. You know, and even then, like WWE storylines are really annoying sometimes, and you just like they're like they're saying their storylines without really being a real storyline. It's like kind of what Eric Bischoff said in his interview with Renee, um, but. Now it's like you got characters like fucking Tony Mamaluke, you know? You got people like, (laughs) I find it as a meme, but Vaughn Wagner, you know? (laughs) Like, you got people out there that are kind of, like, building characters again, which is kind of cool. Like, the old gimmicky shit that WWE was really big into, especially, like, in the early 2000s, -2000s. mid-2000s. But, you know, I I take it as, like, an L and a W because, like, we're probably not going to get as awesome matches. Like I'm really interested to see what the next takeover is going to be. You know, the fully embrace like 2.0 takeover because I know they had like Halloween Havoc, but like I don't really count that as anything because like it's still, you know, you still got people like Tommaso Ciampa. There is very interesting and like you know now that they don't have Kyle O'Reilly, like there's only a few soldiers left from the original NXT. But now when it eventually just becomes like only new stars that you've never heard of that were never an indie talent at all, like you know, which is what it's mostly like now, it's just, uh, it's been not awful, you know, it's been a rough start, I'd say, a little rocky start, but it's not the worst thing in the world, like, I kind of like watching it just to see what the hell are they doing, like, it is kind of interesting in that one way, but I don't know, it's just, I still feel a little sad thinking that, like, oh, is WWE just never gonna get indie talent ever again, <laughs> like, it's, you know, because WWE just wants to build their own stars. Like, you know, it worked clearly for Cena. It worked for people like Angle. And, you know, the list could go on and on. But I guess we'll never have indie talent there, or at least for a long time. You know? Yeah, but
1: I'm also not that mad at it because, I, like, at I the end of the day, AEW fools that void now in terms of like having that seen indie talent on the bigger stage. So, and they do a bad job at it, quite honestly. So good for them. Um And you know. I, yeah, I just I, I don't know. I, like the last pay per view they had at the war game show, it was decent. It wasn't it wasn't as good as like past war game matches, but it was entertaining at the very least. Um and yeah, I think things are going it's definitely not gonna be the same way in terms of like these are angsty takers are much wide pay-per-views anymore. They're not gonna be that, but I think have seen these new stars get acclimated with the business and hopefully they become actual stars that they don't cut in, in, in the in a few months. Um it's just cool to see them start out. It's like it's almost like watching FCW, but we couldn't watch it back then. But it feels like that way,
0: um, in modern times, yeah. You know, I just I hope like I hope it's good. You know, I want all wrestling to be good. You know, I, I do say Scotty Chihadi said something, I don't know if you caught it last night. What are you talking to Joey Janela after Joey won? Um, He's like, you know, part of the reason why, because Scotty Too left, he didn't get fired, he left WWE after being, you know, a trainer and all this for six fucking years. You know how it is to be a trainer there and probably making some good pay, not taking any fucking bumps anymore, and you're still working for a company that, like, helped you for so many years, and he decided to leave? part of the reason and like I you know I agree with this too It's like he left because and he pointed at fucking like Joey's heart like the passion that he has and that's the thing that like a lot of people in the indies do have that like now with WWE building their own stars again like you're gonna have a lot that don't really give a shit about it anymore <laughs> like I just saw like they uh in the last month they recruited like 12 or 16 college students you know college athletes Which um, I'm not saying is bad, but like probably a lot of them don't give a shit about wrestling. But when they found out, yo, I could be in the WWE and make bank, hell yeah. Like, you know, they recruited, I was looking at the list. Only one of them was recognizable because he's on TikTok and he's talking about how it is to be like a big guy. And this is like, how you should embrace being big and like, how do you wear clothes to look good? You know, blah, blah. That's the only way I knew of him. But looking at it, it's like these like D1, D2, D3 athletes that probably would never make it pros anywhere else. But because they're athletic as fuck, they could still go to WWE. So I hope NXT 2.0 is good. You know, I'm going to continue. Like I, I've been on a little, like not watching that much wrestling lately, but I want to give it more of a chance. And you know, they do have redeeming things like, Mandy Rose is probably having the best part of her career right now, being in there with Toxic Traction, being the champ. She's super fucking hot, and, like, you know, it's crazy. Look at what they're doing for her. And I hope, like, you know, things like this go out. Because I do, like, I've seen Grayson Waller, and, like, I did see this one match he had. I forget against who. But it looked pretty cool. And now he's kind of feuding with AJ Styles, which is, that's going to be awesome for him, especially if he has a match with AJ Styles on NXT like or even on the main roster like part of the reason why I watched um like part of NXT 2.0 like a week ago was just because they were saying like AJ was showing up. So it's like okay, they have potential. They definitely do have stars in the making there. Like they got the Uso's brother in there too. Like so they got opportunities. I just hope like we could get to something that's really good still, and you know can live up because the original NXT was perfect until it got like too much of itself, where it was like, all right, I don't know if I like this anymore.
1: I definitely agree. Um, I want to pivot a little bit though to one of my least favorite moments. And I have, so I have two, I think even more slightly controversial, least favorite moments, and one, onset. Mm-hmm. Uh, both them involve Tyler Runs. Two different companies though. One is AEW, one is the first one I'm gonna talk about, I honestly think, and this might just be me, but I think Roman's run on top is getting stale, again really stale. I think <laughs> it's getting to a point where it needs to end, or they need to find, and, and I think they booked themselves into a corner where they don't, it can't end because there's no one on SmackDown who can take the title for Roman, and like Drew's injured, so that, that's not going to happen. Brock just won the title, we don't know what's going on there, um, and SmackDown really has no one else, and then. Beyond Roman on the AEW side, I really think Brits Tyron has been pretty bad. <laughs> I think all her hype got like once she won the title, it was cool, but after, everything after that was just not good. Like her matches aren't okay. The match we saw with Ruby Riot wasn't that great, and make it worse, it was at the end of the night after like four six hours of wrestling, which was like rough to watch. No, it was um, no
0: that was that wasn't the last match of the night. It wasn't oh no that was
1: the I last was, match dynamite. dynamite okay yeah. yeah even so i was tired and the match wasn't really that entertaining to me i thought her match to today Conte wasn't that great either um yeah i don't know those are two titles that just to me it was not that fun
0: to watch in 2021 um so i'm gonna i'm i'm not i'm gonna talk about both of them so roman reigns i'm not gonna say all of 2021 I'm going to say, like, yeah, I do understand the last bit. I think once he beat Cena, um, I, I feel like it really, like, I can't think of what else did he do after that besides having the match with Big E at Survivor Series, which I think Big E should have fucking won. <laughs> but um, with with Roman Reigns, I think his this has been awesome for him. His heel work has been great. But I will say they have, I agree, they built themselves into a way okay, who the fuck can beat this guy? Because clearly Brock Lesnar didn't win against him now. And now, you know, this is why I said, like, I don't know if, you know, I'm happy that Brock Lesnar, you know, is champ kind of happy about it because I do love Brock Lesnar. I I You know, a lot of people hated him since he came back, all the way back, what, 2012? But I'm like, no, Brock Lesnar has been awesome for so many years. Like, I don't give a shit if he's a champion that doesn't fight as much. Every match he's at is fucking gold. But the thing is, like, now we're probably going to get Brock versus Roman again, possibly title versus title, unification. I've heard that's been a rumor. I don't know. But, like, who the fuck beats this guy? I mean, who it's going to be about, who knows? He might have it for a whole fucking other year with the way they booked it, unless they finally, finally uh, you know, The Rock takes a fucking week off just to show up <laughs> to a fucking some show. I don't know. 'Cause like who's gonna beat this guy for the title? Unless the only thing that's stopping him is injury, you know, at this point, and hopefully it's not that. And then now what do you do with the character after he loses, you know? Because, you know, he he hasn't taken a pin in the last year and a year, how many days it's been, how many months it's been. He's unstoppable as fuck, which is awesome, but at the same point, yeah, like it does kind of feel stale right now. I don't know who else is who else is for him to go through. That's the problem with WWE. It's where like they have so many people, but then they don't build enough of them up enough to really do it. You know, like it's it's one of those weird situations. It's like what do you do? And Brock should be the guy if they're not going to have you know him lose to the Rock or something. I thought either Brock Lesnar or John Cena are your best options. But right now, John Cena is gone for the foreseeable future. And because of the COVID situation with Roman, Brock is now the fucking WWE champion. And I saw this thing where it said, like, um, like WWE Fox actually tweeted out a graphic with Brock, the champion. But it said on the bottom, Big E defeats XYZ, but no mention of, of Brock. So what if the original decision, like I thought it was, like I was saying yesterday, I think Big E was supposed to go over. But when the moment they realized that, the, you know, Roman has COVID and you could put Brock as a champion of still without hurting Roman Reigns, they fucking took it. So uh, it's one of those things where it's like, you know what, I don't mind it. But now I think, who knows, maybe they will do a title unification match because who's going to beat this guy? I can't think of a single person besides Brock or John Cena at this point. And these are people that technically, like, shouldn't be the options,
1: that's, that's just very classic booking themselves into a really
0: bad spot.
1: And I think unification will kill the roster. Like, honestly, I think if they do unification, they might as well just release 20 more wrestlers because they're not going to be seen ever again. They're not going to be in top spots. They're not going to see people like Kevin Owens or Sami Zane ever win the World Championship ever again. Um saying so never even won one. Because once they have one title, Roman probably going to have it. He's probably going to hold it for, who knows, <laughs> maybe another year. <laughs> so, And it's just going to be another cycle just like why are we doing this? I don't yeah. want to see Drew as champion again. <laughs> that's probably the only option
0: in the future. But like, I would like to see it if he was heel. That's yeah, a, you uh, can change yeah. it if he's heel. Because like you know Drew's face, it's just that's the problem. I was it was funny. I was talking to the doorman of the building I'm staying at right now, and he was like, "Yeah, back in like the '70s and stuff, I used to love only the bad guys." And it's like, yeah, because the problem was all the good guys were copy and paste of the same guy. And that's the thing with WWE, too. A lot of their good guys are, you know, especially when they make it to the top, it's like, all right, what's that much of a difference, you know, than, like, any other good guy on this roster? Like, you know, I'm not trying to talk shit about Big E, but, like, you know, him being the champion and finally having the gold, I feel like it's kind of similar to Drew being champion and having the gold, where it's like, I'm the good guy – that will beat up anybody who tries to get in my way or be mean to anyone, and that's my gimmick at this point. That's, like, kind of what happened to Big E, I feel. So, it's, like, it's one of those things. It's, like, WWE just, like, the way they build people it's so weird because right now if I look at AEW, anyone could be in the champion spot and, like, anyone could beat any of their champions right now. Like... <laughs> You know, like even for example, if Daniel Bryan walks away, Brian Danielson walks away at the championship, he could still very much lose to someone like an Adam Cole or someone like a Kenny Omega or anything like that. You know, they have like tons of options in there. But when you look at the way they built out, especially now that you have Roman and Brock Lesnar as your champions, and they're both at a point in their careers where Brock Lesnar has always been basically almost undefeatable, and Roman Reigns is undefeatable at this point. Who the fuck is beating these guys if not each other in a fucking unification match? You got Bobby Lashley, which I'm hoping, like, this could lead to something. Like, you know, we were saying last night, like, it would be fucking sick as fuck as we finally get Brock versus Bobby, you know? And it would be sick as fuck if Bobby just beat him for the title. You know what? That would be cool. But then again, like, it still leads you into that other thing of, like, the only one that are beating your champions are big fucking guys now because that's the thing, too. Bobby Lashley lost to Big E, but Big E is a big fucking dude, and now he's built better and he's in the main event scene. But, like, you know, who's the – if I was going to say if anyone could lose to a smaller guy, it would unfortunately be someone like Big E because I don't see, like, Bobby Lashley losing to someone smaller than him right now. Same thing with Roman. Same thing with Brock. Well, Brock did lose to Seth Rollins, but I don't know. Different. Different times. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's, that's that's true. Man, this feels so bad for Biggie. Like, he he honestly, they messed up his whole Tower Run. Man, he should. That's also not a low point for me. Like at this point now, because he he should have honestly beat Roman. I think they jumped the gun to do the the last the, the last the thing, and
0: I don't think it worked on. It actually didn't work on the end. Um, it, it, it,
1: yeah, but yeah, Biggie like Chris- respect, man.
0: Going back to Chris, he put out this tweet which I agreed with. Um, WWE did Biggie no favors of how he won that title or how he defended it and then how he lost it. Cashing in on it injured Lashley. That's how he won it. Doesn't really look that great for Biggie. Losing clean to Roman when everyone else lost because of interference, you know? So, like, he didn't fucking have to lose to Roman Reigns. Like, that was fucking dumb. Like, he didn't have to lose clean to him. That was annoying. Um,. Uh, five people in that match, uh, and Biggie had to be the one to take the fucking pin. That's why, I, like, I fucking tweeted that shit last night. I'm pretty sure, or this morning. I don't know. Biggie didn't have to take that pin. You got Kevin Owens, sure, he just signed a nice lucrative contract. Okay, then you got Seth Rollins. Oh, then wait a second. You also got uh, who? Who else was in this match? Bobby. Oh, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley can fucking lose, like, well, he shouldn't because he's a big fucking monster. But still, you still got two smaller guys in the sense of Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, who have known to be lose. Like Kevin Owens specifically always fucking loses. Seth Rollins, he can eat a pin once in a while. Like it doesn't look bad if he fucking ate the pin. Biggie did, and Biggie took the pin. That's probably the most one of the things that annoys me the most about the fact that he lost a title. He was really good at being a champion that not only is a WWE champion for the company, but he, dude, he was all over the, like a uh, mm. fucking college football scene. He was doing interviews. He was, he was a big name. He was good. He was a good representation of what a champion is like. And I love Brock, but I wish he didn't beat him for the title, or at least I wish he didn't pin him or something like, you know, biggie didn't deserve that. And that's just, that's just rough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh-
1: Kevin Owens should take the pin. I'm sorry, Kevin Owens was the prime person to shit to the pin. He he always taken pins. Like I said, I don't think he would have hurt him anyway, shape or form. Um, as far as to Seth, kind of still needs to be built strong. But yeah, Biggie didn't they need to take the pin, and Biggie honestly like, yeah, his he he was he had they didn't they had, they had no fears whatsoever. Like going back to Roman, the Roman loss. If Drew could have faded away from the from the great team. Bobby could, not Bobby, Biggie could have done the same thing, but I guess they care about Drew more than they care about Biggie, and they let Biggie lose clean, which was just a horrible choice, in hindsight.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, jumping back to the other thing you said, Britt Baker. I love Britt Baker. I think she's awesome. Great promo work. She's built herself a lot. I mean, she's with Adam Cole. Like I said, by default, I have to like her, you know, but... You know, I thought it was great. It was, you know, her getting to become champion and everything leading up to it. It's like you got to the point where you looked at Britt Baker and you're like, she needs to be the champion. But I do agree. I feel like her reign right now has been pretty lackluster. Like, I really, uh, I mean, you mentioned the time of Grand Slam. Like, I walked out to go, you know, order my food at that point, but I was still watching the match from the TVs. What's up, Papa? I was watching the TV still uh, at the concession stand, and I was like, eh, like, you know, I'm not saying she's a bad wrestler, but I'm not really entertained as much in her matches for whatever reason, and I can't really grasp it. I don't know why. I'm just not as entertained. Like, I don't think Ruby Riot is bad either, but I didn't really care. Um, Her match against Sheeta was pretty good, though. I do do give that. Anti-Conti, that wasn't awful, but still, like, it's not... It's not what it could be, and I don't know what's the problem there. You know, it's one of those things where it's like I really like them, but why is it when they finally get into the ring, it's like I don't care that much.
1: <laughs> I just think the AEW in the base just book women matches,
0: and I, I don't know
1: I don't want to put it that way. They they're doing a way bad job in terms of booking women. They cannot book women champion for a reason. Like Rio wasn't booked that great as a champion she did disappear off of TV literally like for months or I mean, she was there, but she was like in the crowd during the COVID ever said wrestling, which is makes no sense. Um, I think it Nyla almost sounds like woman. you
0: forgot that Nyla was champion. I was going to say, it sounds no, like I, you I, I forgot she was champion. But and like, like, even was then was the it clothes. wasn't memorable. <laughs> it, yeah. Cause I mean,
1: I think the most least memorable champion honestly is Rio. God, I, if he asked, you could have asked me who was the first woman champion. I was said "Not rules." I forgot Rio existed. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, and she's getting a title match this week, so good for her. But um, yeah, I know. I just think the AWN bit to book a women's champion correctly, and I, I think they hurt from that. Um, I, I think Brick could probably be a lot better. Uh, her ring could have been a lot better if if booked right. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I can't solve the problem. I'm not a booker,
0: so but uh yeah. at least from what I, I see, it's just not that good. I kinda wish she had matches already with Thunder Rosa again and someone like Serena Deep. Because I mm-hmm. think Serena Deep is probably the best wrestler they have on that woman's roster, because she can fucking go. Like her match against Sheeta was fucking awesome. Like the two matches or three matches she's had. But I specifically think of the one in the title tournament or whatever match it was where it's like, holy shit, she did awesome in that match. Like, I kind of wish she had matches with them because I feel like it would be better maybe professional wrestling. Because I still don't think – it's not like – it's kind of what brings me to like MJF, for example. A really great wrestler outside of the ring when it comes to promos and all that shit. But when they finally go in the ring – I don't think their matches suck, but it doesn't does it just doesn't do it for me because yeah. I love MJF. I think he does great heel work, except for when he gets to like "ha ha, your dad's dead" type of type of jokes, you know, <laughs> like with Arby with his uncle. Then that's where it's like, what are you a fucking child? Say something else. But like when they finally get in the ring, it's not one of the things I like the most. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good point. I think I don't know, maybe. I, don't know, I think that's part of. I think that's also part of the big reason why. There's times where I don't enjoy AEW that much because I think a lot of times there's something missing in the in the, some of the matches, at like, all these TV matches. Um, I don't know. Yeah, the MGF is a good point. The MJF versus Darby Allen. People love that match, friend. Right? People say it was a great match, best match of the night. In my own opinion, that match was boring, <laughs> but. Maybe I just don't. Maybe we don't see the uh, i or maybe
0: we're missing something MJF in ring wise,
1: um, that other people are
0: seeing. I don't know because we get everything else, it's just that part's Like, you know, I did like that derby match, I'll give him that, but like, besides that, eh, everything else is just kind of like mid, <laughs> like you know, like mjf likes to say, um talking about something mid but no something fucking awful and it's it's what sucks it's just who it's associated with To so a big l i mean it's a big l for our country to begin with least favorite moment chris jericho's wife being at the fucking january 6th fucking insurrection or whatever you want to call it at the fucking capital riots I am putting that as a least favorite moment, because not only is that fucking awful for our country to look that fucking awful, that fucking stupid, but it got tied into Chris Jericho because that is his wife, and it makes, look, it makes Chris Jericho look bad, and I'm not gonna lie, Chris Jericho is one of the GOATs, you know, it's hard to, you can't argue it, even though, like, as of recent, you know, sometimes he has moments on Twitter where he needs to shut the fuck up, like when... Uh, he had a, like, Kalisto said Brody Lee's name wrong in a tweet, and then he fucking kind of attacked him for it, which was stupid. Just shut up, Jericho. You're, you just shut up. You're looking bad. And okay, like, for example, people like to say, oh, Chris Jericho donated to Donald Trump's fucking, you know, fund, you know, for when he was running. Hangman Page donated to uh, Joe Biden's run. But, um, it's not a, it's not the fact that, like, you know, people are like, oh, they're saying he's an avid Trump supporter, which maybe he's not, maybe he is. But in that case, you know, for example, clearly, I don't know what the fuck his wife does for a living. But Jericho makes the money, obviously. So if the money is going to get donated under his wife, it'll be under Jericho's name. Because probably his name is on all the fucking statements, I bet. <laughs> so, like, I'm putting that as a least fair moment because it hurts to goat Jericho because everyone looks bad at him. And, like, sure, he gives moments where it's like... Yeah, he fucking sucks, but I love Chris Jericho, and I will try and defend him to the best I can until there's moments where I can't defend him, like him fucking telling Kalisto, shut the fuck up basically for spelling Brody Lee's name wrong. And, you know, his you know his body's transformed a lot, and it doesn't look that great. But he can still do some great shit. You know, he just came back, and I think he might have a feud with Eddie Kingston. I kind of wish he was away a little bit longer so people could start craving Jericho a lot more. I still think right now... I wish he was kind of more of a heel because that heel work is still better for him at this moment in AEW, but uh, yeah, I'm putting that as an L because fucking Chris Jericho's wife is definitely a fucking detriment to having having, like you know, loving Chris Jericho.
1: Yeah, when, when Chris Jericho came back on Wednesday, I was just like, why? Not? Disney on tour. Like he still wait a little bit longer because honestly, I don't think he's necessary in AEW anymore. I think he did his job. I think
0: right now, dude, just focusing music. I don't know, but yeah, why they don't need go? him at this point. They could. <laughs> I don't think he needs to go yet because he could still go in the ring for the most part. I don't think Jericho needs to go because not only that, I think I would love to see him go against CM Punk again and
1: mm-hmm. have
0: a better feud because that was a really good feud, but I think they could do a better one in AEW, I still think he has people he could go through. But like, you know, if he were to leave, I wouldn't say like, you know, like it's not needed. I mean, I would I would say they don't need him right now. This is the best way I could describe that. You know, I think it, or maybe that was what you're trying to say. I don't know. But I kind of wish he was gone for a few more <laughs> months. I <laughs> I'm I'm ready to see Joe
1: go go back home today and just I don't know, I'll do something there. <laughs> like he
0: ain't going to WWE. <laughs> I can see him no, going
1: there at some point.
0: I could I, see I, like, you know, he got the special privilege from Tony Khan to, you know, go do that interview with Stone Cold, but yeah. I don't think they're gonna use him for a long time. And I think he also doesn't want to go unless they give him a shit ton of money where he can't say no to, you know? We should probably we should probably
1: will know if Vince fighting off him like the country he can't refuse, And he probably, you know, you are like a son to me, do some some Vince Voodoo, and then Jericho fight falls for it. But I mean, it it's, it might happen. You never know. I mean, at one point, Vince let this man work in New Japan and then return back to the for that stupid Rumble in
0: Saudi. But um, but that was yeah, just was, a one off at Saudi, so I don't know. Yeah, it's true. But because I I don't think Jericho would fit in WWE right now. I can't think where they could use him. <laughs> Jericho vs Roman, big money match. <laughs> No, that ain't money match. for me. Jericho's losing <laughs> that easily. I <laughs> 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 think could fight
1: is like Edge versus Chris Jericho, and that's that's probably the most interesting match. I think the fight must throw because he done everything. I think he faced like most of the top people in the roster right now. Anyway, it doesn't even make a difference.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. I mean I wish Edge would just fucking come to AEW because then he could be with Christian and then maybe we get the fucking That would be ideal for me with could Jeff get a, Hardy. Could get
1: a, oh my gosh, yeah.
0: We could possibly get a TLC match one more fucking time with Edge fucking Hardy in there. Throw the Hardy Boys. Um, I don't know, any fucking tag team all- Lucha Bros. De Hardys, Edge and K- Christian, I don't know. Younger, throw another something. fucking team in there. Right. Throw, put fucking uh, Marco stunt just so they could throw him off <laughs> the top of a fifty foot ladder. I don't care. All I know is like that would be sick of Edge left.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, I, I, think, yeah, I think he, I think he's gonna. I think Edge could go for like a long time. I think honestly, his body's like renewed, so we might see it. <laughs> like on, yeah. honestly.
0: I didn't see how that Miz match went, but uh, I mean, it was cool just to see that he came out and you know had a match with Miz. Um, actually, I'm gonna you know transition to a low again. The Miz becoming WWE champion, and I put that as a low because <laughs> he wanted just to lose it. And the thing is, I want the Miz to become a champion again. I think Miz does great fucking work. He's been a great WWE wrestler for the last couple of years. He just basically does whatever they fucking tell him. He's out there in Hollywood. He's out there doing his thing wherever he can. But this guy should be a heel champion. Unfortunately, he's at a point where it just doesn't work for WWE. And I'm putting that as an L because, sure, he is the first ever two-time Grand Slam champion. But the dude deserved more for that WWE title run. Sure, it got us a great WWE title on, which I put in one of my um, favorites is Bobby Lashley's Reign of Terror. But... Miz had to suffer for it, so I'm kind of, like, upset by that part of it.
1: Yeah, I, man. Yeah, I felt feel bad for Miz, too, but I, I my I felt bad for him for maybe, like, two weeks, and then, like, because Bobby Lashley, man, it, it's been one of my dreams to see Bobby Lashley win the championship, and he when he finally did, and I honestly thought he was going to be a, a traditional champion, too. I thought he was going to lose to Drew at, at Mania, but no, that didn't happen. This guy just went on to hold himself a man long, so shout-out so to Bobby, but, yeah, Miz... You know me, I had the big Miz fan back in the day when he won the first his first world title. And I would have loved to see him with a long run here too, but I think this, this was just a few, a few years too late. He should have been winning a second, third championship like after his IC run on SmackDown, I think it was. So timing was just bad, but it led to one. And like you said, it led to Bobby, and I can't really complain about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it that one. What else
1: do you got? I also have – oh, so I have – um let's see which one should I go with i'm talking about this this was early in the year this was a major main event you know bianca belair versus Sasha banks and that match was just historic um honestly like to see two black women main event wrestlemania on night one you know and not only main event but have a, a really good match like it was better than the first WrestleMania women main event the triple threat um and just to see them go out there do the thing have bianca have her moment she gets to win gets to separate from the crowd um and she gets to main event wrestlemania like you know, <laughs> only five women can say that did that one is a uh, conspiracy theorist short for and they have becky and they have shasha and becky i mean shasha and bianca so like shout out to her shout out to all of them um except for ronda and <laughs> you know, they. the day the it's, it's just a great good match. I was if, if, if there was that happened the night after, that would be my match at night of, mat, of both match of mania, I should say. Um, but yeah, even though the Bianca run wasn't that great afterwards, the match itself was just historic. And it, it just made me feel proud to see them do it. Um, and it's definitely one of my highest to look back on.
0: Yeah, I have that. I have that listed on mine along with just WrestleMania 37 as a whole. WWE's first event back with fans, and I thought it was perfect that, you know, Bianca Belair got the fucking win, the R- Royal Rumble. Sure, it wasn't with fans, but she won the WWE title from Sasha Banks and not only a fire-ass match, but in front of so many people. Like, I still think one of the best moments of the year when it comes to everything that happened. They were crying at the beginning of that fucking match, even before they fucking, like, put a hold on each other. Like, that was just so great... And the fact that it's two women, two black women, just going at each other in the main event of WrestleMania. Like, if you told me this shit like 10 years ago, I'm like, you're fucking lying. (laughs) It's a bunch of racist pigs. But you know what? We got something like that, and that was fucking awesome. Like, WrestleMania 37 lived up to the hype after a very lackluster WrestleMania 36. Having this in front of fans, it felt great. It felt like wrestling. I was just on an interview um, I was on a panel for from the Top Rope podcast, um, and we were talking about WrestleMania 37 because on this podcast and people go check it out. It came out this week. Uh, we were talking about the fact of like, uh, like you know, like all the wrestling shows we've been to, and like I was just saying, like you know, that's what wrestling is like going there as a fan and seeing it, and that's. Wrestling never felt more like wrestling this year until WrestleMania 37, where it's like WWE finally gets to be in front of a crowd and everyone's out there. Sure, so many of them caught COVID, and WWE basically <laughs> made them sign a waiver saying, "Hey, if you catch COVID and die, that's on you." <laughs> At, like the end of the day, it was still awesome to see people like you know Sasha Banks be able to get an opportunity and just you know Bianca Belair and wrestle in front of this crowd and make history. And that was just that was just awesome to see.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, that's that's that one of my favorite Then And right under it, and least favorite is Becky squash squashing Bianca Belair, SummerSlam. Slam. Yeah, I
0: have that on my list too. And I was <laughs> gonna say that right
1: after, too. That was that was such a like he go from a really good, <laughs> a really good main event to let's squash Becky, let squash Bianca with Becky Lynn's right now for no good reason possible. I don't know what went through the heads of a uh, fisherman and whoever's making decisions that day that was just bad it, it served no one any good at the time They like, people didn't like becky for it she turned heel, so good for her i guess but yeah i was just so stupid man
0: dude i fucking love becky lynch like she's awesome i think her matches are always fucking good for the most part and, you know, I was at the Legends Bar. Shout out to the Jabber Dears podcast for hosting their watch parties that they do. And I was there for that fucking event. I was <laughs> there at the bar, and it was sick because when that Becky Lynch pop happened, because, you know, they first, they tease it with, like, okay, Sasha Banks can't come out, so Carmella comes out. But instead, you get the fucking pop of Becky Lynch coming back, and I love, I'm a mark for pops. I love going back and watch pops and seeing how they happen. But that one is like, I I think I've only rewatched that one once. And that's because it just leaves such a bad taste in your mouth because you got, you get the opportunity to put Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks and you could have easily had match of the night. Almost. If you know, you could have had match of the night with that one. Like sure. Seth Rollins versus edge was probably match of the night or Roman versus biggie. I mean, Roman versus Cena. but you could have put on a great fucking wrestling match and sure. I don't give a shit if Bianca Belair lost a title in that match if they had a real match. But the fact that Howdy did it, it's like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why? Why would you discredit everything she did? Why would you kind of, like, ruin her WrestleMania moment, it feels like, by doing that in SummerSlam?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is with WWE and just... just... He ain't, he's, he's giving black wrestlers big moments and then just
0: taking it away
1: from them. In the that's world. what I'm
0: saying. You know, you 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 know, you said you know, oh, WWE they're fixing it, but then when you look really hard, it's like for every step they take forward, they take a fucking mile back.
1: <sighs> the only person that had a good a good transition was Bobby Lashley. He went to Big E, but even after that, Bobby
0: Lashley deserves to be Black Wrestler of the Year with what he was able to do and not look like an idiot afterwards. Right.
1: Oh, gosh. Tell you, man.
0: Dude, I'm going to put an L on here. Survivor Series 2021. <laughs> Went to Survivor Series this year. Kind of wish I didn't because it was kind of fucking boring. Even for a live show. Like, still as a live show, it's cool because you're there for it. But, God, even that being live didn't do that much for me. I was sitting with Finn, and, you know, we were, we had a good time still. But at the end of the day... Out of all the wrestling shows I've been to this year, and I did, I did the math, I think it's about seven, that one was the, my least favorite show. Least favorite show, easily. And you would think, Survivor Series is one of your top four shows. You probably had one of the best pay-per-views in the last ten years when you had Survivor Series mixed with NXT just two years ago. Or three years ago. How many years it was? Two. Two had one of the best pay-per-views in the last 10 years when you did that one. And then now Survivor Series is like almost like a fucking afterthought at this point. Like I felt like the build to a lot of that Survivor Series was shitty. And finally getting there, it fucking sucked. And the whole night at the show, they're making it seem like The Rock's going to fucking come out at some point. You know, at one point I did hear, I think it was said that... Uh, Possibly Bobby Lash. I mean Biggie and Roman were starting the show. I think that was said at one point, and I was like, oh well, we're definitely not getting the Rock then. Even though I know the Rock admitted like a couple months ago, like yeah, I'm time commitment that week that time. So like I, I'm busy. Just for them to then put Becky and uh, Becky and Charlotte. I mean in the first plot. So I'm like, all right, then they're definitely main eventing with Roman and Biggie. That means a Rock gotta be coming out at some point. Nope, not at all. And then also, with a big top four pay-per-view, you would think you would leave the show with something fiery to leave people with. I mean, literally, Roman Reigns walked out, and that was the show. I'm like, wow, that's what they fucking did to us. Teasing a big fucking head just so you can let a fucking pedophile like Austin fucking theory be friends with fucking Vince McMahon right now. I, that that was a very like i think after that it's been really hard for me to watch wwe in the last couple of weeks cuz i still have a bad taste in my mouth from from survivor series yeah, well, yeah.
1: even even watching it even <clears throat> even watching that at home boy was that a bad show that was just and like th- i think there was also room that like, a pure thought oh becky lynch and, and maybe ronda comes out <laughs> i don't even know where that rumor comes from because she just gave birth but um that was also a thing and then yeah that that meant that uh, that paper was just so bad like every single match was boring i don't think was, i think the only good moment was jeff Hardy almost winning the match the, the the men's match but he lost and then
0: he had one of the loudest pops uh, out there like uh, legit a legit pop and I was texting you throughout the show because I was like, oh, like, you know, this is kind of boring, blah, blah, blah. Like, I was asking you how it was, and it sounded like everyone was going crazy on TV. WWE and, <laughs> no, you know, WWE so. and AEW are definitely both piping in crowd noises. They had a whole year perfected. But that whole fucking show, like, maybe it's the acoustic of the Barclays Center, but it was so boring to be there. Like, the fans did not feel like they were into it. But I will say, like, you know, for Jeff Hardy almost winning, they did they, get pretty fucking loud.
1: Yeah, that's that's like the only part. was like the only part that we saw on TV that actually had physical fans moving. Everything else was just piped in noise, and and the crowd was looking dead. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was that was such a bad pay and it's sad because like there you had like a string of like really good pay in 2020, and then uh, 2020 was, like, was was like a mixed bag. Um, but yeah. was just,
0: was, I saw a what
1: waste of a New York show, honestly.
0: I thought besides, you know, the extreme rules from 2020, I thought 2020 was pretty good for WWE pay-per-views. But then 2021, yeah, it was really much a mixed bag of, like, couldn't really live up to what happened in literally the height of the pandemic. Like, they couldn't have fans, but yet somehow it was better back then.
1: It's sad. <laughs> Quite honestly, that's kind of sad.
0: Yeah. Uh, got anything else on your list? Um.
1: Yeah, I have...
0: What else? Yeah,
1: that's probably the biggest, the biggest favorite on on here is just A.W.'s major debuts at that they had. You know, CM Punk down, Brian Adam Cole down, Brian. All those happened within the string of like three weeks. I think, right?
0: Yep, yep. It that's, started with CM Punk, and then like Labor Day weekend came out, and we got back to back, literally same within like five minutes of each other. Bri- uh, Adam Cole and Brian Danielson. That's that's just
1: that was like that at that moment i was like yo i love aw this is like the best company they're doing something right three big big names and i think even Bright came like right around that time too uh for those yeah like she around. came I mean, she in she cool. came
0: in the battle royal yep yeah
1: so that I was just like hey there was on fire in, in the summer or like into early fall that was just good good stuff man i i, I was I, I felt like a kid again watching CM punk return that night that was amazing um I had to get him close for that. That was probably the biggest moment in, like, wrestling um, all year, quite honestly. That
0: was the first thing I wrote down, CM Punk coming back to professional wrestling because, you know, he left so abruptly, and then he found out what happened, and you're like, damn, you learn about what happened between him and his, like, best friend, Colt Cabana, and you're like, damn. And just the years and years of, like, God, I wish CM Punk was here. Like, you know, just really relishing on the fact of like, yeah, this guy, maybe I said that word wrong, but I'm skipping that. (laughs) But like, you know, just thinking about like how awesome he was and the fact that WWE took that away from us. Like, they literally made this man hate wrestling, which for a guy like CM Punk, that's hard to hear because this dude, you you know, from hearing his interviews and all that, he fucking loved it just for them to take it away and really ruin him. But the fucking AEW comes back and they somehow got this man back and you know what like you know that's the problem with tony khan being an asshole and saying some insensitive shit like that is like dude you got a cm punk this year like you should be pulling your pants down and every wrestling fan should suck your cock because of what you just did by bringing cm punk back to professional wrestling And sure, while not every match has been like best-in-the-world caliber, not everything he's doing has been the greatest that he's ever done, the fact that he's still here is something I still can't get my mind around. And right now, I mean, I think one of the best things I hope – AEW, I want them just to fix how they build stories anyway because I don't think they do the best to really invest you in a storyline, but they're trying a little bit with this MJF, CM Punk one. But the fact that we got CM Punk, that is my number one thing of the year. It's like this man came back after being gone for seven years. Like didn't think he was coming back for the longest, you know. And he kept teasing it too, like literally teasing it so much on Twitter. And you know what? He fucking showed up. And then you know, I loved it within the last, like within the same week or something. He fucking basically told them, "Oh yeah, Daniel Bryan, he's coming too." Like he was <laughs> oh, yeah. like, you know, they did the yes chant. He's like, yeah, you know, if you gotta wait a little bit longer for that guy." And you know what Brian Danielson fucking came and that like you know that's big. You know, I didn't think Brian Danielson would fucking leave, but the fact that he did and now he's probably given the best work he's had in such a long time. Like that's fucking awesome to think this guy main evented, you know, WrestleMania and put on a hell of a match with Roman and Edge. Just for then him to have probably one of my favorite matches of the year with him going against Kenny Omega and then just having the great character work right now like that's crazy. And then I have right under Adam Cole. Like, Adam Cole's probably one of my favorite wrestlers, my probably number one wrestler right now. You know, we had that episode where people were like, yo, they're ruining Adam Cole. No, suck a dick. They're not ruining Adam Cole. Adam Cole is literally having the time of his life. I listened to his podcast, uh, his episode with Renee, and Renee was like, yeah, like, you know, like, do you, or are you having a- Like, how was it when you left? And he was like, honestly, like, this was the greatest decision. Like, I told Triple H and Shawn, who were basically, like, you know, his biggest mentors right now, and they still keep in contact. He told them that he was going to do this decision. And you know what? They were fine with it because they just wanted him to be happy. You know, he – the reason why he came to NXT was because, like, he loved what they were doing, and he loved the opportunity to wrestle and do that wrestling shit. And you know what? They didn't want to take that away from him, and, you know, with – him saying, "Yeah, I want to go to AEW because that's what they're they're doing. What I want to do. No hard feelings from Shawn Michaels and Triple H, which is awesome. You know, like who knows? Maybe one day Adam Cole may or may not go back to WWE a couple of years from now because he still like wants to like be in a WrestleMania or something like that. So like, you know, right right now it's just crazy. AEW is still my promotion of the year, even though Tony Khan is a fucking dumbass, but." You know they've done us so many good things, and we still got a lot to come. We still got like possibly Bray Wyatt. We still got the possibility of Keith Lee, Johnny Gargano. Like there are tons of available people, and they could just pick and choose whatever they want. Yeah, like man, Donald
1: Bryan, he's he have he's honestly he had the best year anyone. <laughs> this takes a man Mr. Mania. He had the good match with Roman. His last match that he was really good with romeo smackdown and he jumps straight to aew to put on the string of good matches like that's unheard of i don't think he had a bad match since mania if you think no. about it <laughs> so no. that's like a long stretch <laughs> so it's about to be a year almost at this rate so good job to him man like he's i think he's probably my favorite wrestler right now um just the things he's doing then like amco when he gets his shot, I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be really good. It's going to be a good time. But for right now, I like what he's doing too. The whole UE thing, AEW is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Got like a little Civil War going with the Bucks. Maybe can you get some football. That's going to be major stuff in 2022. Um, and we still have the pending CM Punk versus Darren Bryan match, which I'm sure is going to happen at some point. And it's going be all going to be like, wow, this happened in 2022. So many cool things
0: to happen. We could have CM Punk go against fucking Brian Danielson. We could have CM Punk go against Adam Cole, who CM Punk is on Adam Cole's Mount Rushmore of wrestlers, so that's awesome for him too. We could have Adam Cole versus Brian Danielson again. I mean, think about it. They had one match. That was the first time they ever wrestled each other at SmackDown in 2019, and that was probably one of the best matches of that year in 2019 so a lot of good stuff could happen but talking about good stuff let's go to bad stuff again um I still have on my list I still have a couple that I want to mention um and I'm gonna just mention them in fire I'm, I'm just gonna mention them like in a speed round and then just say a few things about them each and then we you could say a little bit about them so you know we've been talking a while let's get closer to the end. Um, I'm going to put Bailey getting injured because that really hurts the women's division. That is a big L. I believe that's still a part of 2021 that she got injured. I'm
1: pretty sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that fucking sucks that she got injured. I love, uh, I love Bailey and I wish she was still a part of it. Uh, also talking about the women, WWE ruining their women's division and specifically the women's tag division basically made it (laughs) irrelevant, irrelevant as fuck. Like, I don't even know why they still have the titles. I heard they might be getting rid of them at this point. Uh, Still on the woman's side, Alexa Bliss. God, that was awful all year. I hated everything about it. There was not one good thing about Alexa Bliss that I could say that she brought to the table when it came to WWE. Props to her for doing it. I don't know if she liked it or not, but God, that was awful. Um, And then I also have New Japan feeling irrelevant at this point. Yeah. It's just like I don't have any time really for New Japan, and I wish I did. I mean, I'm probably tomorrow, I think, or tonight, uh, or next. It's happening. Fucking Wrestle Kingdom is happening. I don't know anything that's happening on this Wrestle Kingdom card, but I kind of wish, like you know, New Japan was important when it came to wrestling right now because I know it is for some people, but it's not for me, and I kind of wish it was. So I wish they were relevant, and they are not. And then my last two things, Sammy Guevara cheating on his wife definitely (laughs) to be with Ty Conti, especially after saying, no, that did not happen. We're not doing that. But then fucking coming out yesterday with a photo of them making out. Yeah, that's fucked up. Also, I hate that he's a face because he is a born fucking heel. And now we're supposed to cheer this guy when he fucking cheated on his wife 100% of eight years. They got engaged a couple months ago and they broke it up. Dumb as shit. And then Ric Flair ruining himself is my last and one of my biggest l's of 2021 because God damn this guy doesn't shut up. Dark Side of the Ring episode came out. It's funny because everyone's known for the longest time that like he would flash his penis, but now like they the way that this happened and the way they described and even letting the stewardess talk like it really ruined him. Hurt Tommy Dreamer for a bit, and now Ric Flair's on Twitter just saying stupid shit like. God damn. So feel free he, to he, those.
1: He, Rick Fizz is he's I'd say but he's this guy when like this guy is losing I don't know sounds wrong with him he's he's the things he's saying he tries to reverse so bad but it's just no one cares anymore but out of all those things there the sad thing that that that, that hit me was Bailey getting injured man that was just rough like right before we got fans back she got hurt and she about to have that good match with I think Bianca um, they're about to finish that feud and then never got the ending but Hope she comes back soon. I Hope she has a good recovery. I pray for a miracle that she comes back by, by the Rumble. But even if she doesn't, hopefully she's back by Mania. Uh, that's at the very least. But because um, it'll be sad to have Mania without her because she didn't wrestle last year. So to you have without wrestle two years in a row would be horrible. Um, that's the fault for the, for last year, but whatever. Um, but yeah, and then Ric Flair, Sammy. That guy's just weird. <laughs> I don't know, Sammy. <laughs> I mean, it's, i don't know y'all. they're both weird <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna say about them. they both took out Ugh.
0: and new
1: japan oh new japan sucks the people in my discord I, that's what i'm talking about the people in my discord are all, all saying new japan is just whack right now it's not worth watching uh and they love new japan but it says it's not good and i'm, I'm I, so i don't watch New japan i never really watched it to begin with but I heard when those was popping, when they had, like, Kenny, the Bucks, and all that stuff. But it was, it was
0: I used fire. to watch so much when they had him there. Yeah. But it sucks that, you know, and I understand why. I mean, there's not bad water, but maybe a little, I said that wrong. Like, I don't know. There's, like, no hurt feelings, but maybe just a little hurt feelings because, damn, mm-hmm. the New Japan was on fire when they had the Bucks and Kenny and Cody. And hangman and all that shit. And you know what? Like, I bet it fucking sucks, but I hope that they could one day, like, you know, the forbidden door is that concept. It's fucking annoying at this point to me. But, like, I wish they could really do something, you know? Like, actually get, like, Kenny. I mean, it's annoying, too, because you can't really, I think part of it is still with COVID. You can't really always send your stars back and forth to Japan and stuff like we would probably want because of it. Because of COVID, you know, you send them to Japan, they ain't coming out of Japan for a couple of months. So, like, I just wish that we could get more of that. And, like, New Japan offers great stuff. Like, you still got Ibushi. You got it was, uh, uh, Okada. You got Tanahashi. You got um, – I'm forgetting his name right now. He just came back from injury, too. Everyone thought he was, like, done because he broke his neck practically. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. But oh, either God. which way. You know what I'm talking about. Shibata, there you go. So they got a lot of good stuff going for there, but it's like, like kind of like what I'm always saying with wrestling fatigue. It's like they're not doing just at this point enough to get at least people like us who are already watching a lot of the American products to just go and watch it.
1: <laughs> yeah, ain't Besides been like the Bucks and I'm leaving? There's been a, a big product in America, the second big product kind of just killed Western. I mean, the West, right? Yeah. No. Even the West <laughs> Western viewers to watch New Japan because like we have that second option now. Before when it was just W E, the second option was New Japan, but now it's just like I don't need to wake up at five o'clock in the morning to watch pay per view. I can just wake up. I can watch no pay per view like
0: eight. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And like I'm looking at the Wrestle Kingdom card. I'm probably gonna watch Wrestle Kingdom, but not live because one, it's gonna be five <laughs> o'clock in the morning on a work week. But like two, it's like it's just they don't have the same things that really got people like me to watch you know bullet club is still there but it's not the original bullet club that i fell in love with you know and i just wish new japan was a little bit more relevant again and i that's something i hope happens in 2022 i mean i would be sick if you know covid wasn't such a fucking asshole and ruined a lot of things because if we could get something like kenny versus okada again or fucking like adam cole adam cole says he wants to do a tour of japan so like if that could happen and get adam cole in the mix there just get people to be fucking you know new japan champions again that would be sick like i don't know there's just a lot of things that they could be doing and it's unfortunate with COVID that new japan is just basically like closed behind a door <laughs> the actual forbidden door yeah. but what else you got anything else on your list for good and bad uh so i could
1: i could speed run these the so things on my good list that not mentioned was walter i can't pronounce his guy's name before, but for all but it was champa
0: oh that guy yeah that, i heard about that, that match. match i never yeah. watched it i heard
1: it was really good though yeah that, that was that was top top five for sure matches yeah that was just a really good match it was a good takeover too honestly last takeover um no, I put No More Wars Return, even though that was very short-lived because you all know the situation with Jeff. <laughs>
0: um,
1: so that's, that's there, but at least you got it at least a little bit. Um, Woods win the King in the Ring. Oh,
0: movies. yeah.
1: So can't, can't. Now, that was just, that was honestly the highlight of New Day's um, run in the day. They were all three tied today. I'll be fine with that. Um, and then least favorite, some stuff I have on here was I put Tony Khan's offensive attitude. We talked about that earlier, but just like him being a crybaby a lot is just annoying to me. Um I put WE Mass releases continue. They released I think over a hundred superstars this year. Alone. I put that
0: as a con, but also a pro because now lots of people do other shit.
1: That's true too. Yeah. So it's kind of like a
0: bad and good. The people is bad. Some people lose their job
1: out of nowhere, but they'll be will most of them are gonna be okay anyway. Um, and I also put every aw revolution being a not that good pay of view but also goes along with into a w has hit and miss peer views I think I think for 2021 a w was two for four in terms of good good shows. I think revolution mm-hmm. was not that good and I think the last one wasn't good either full gear i think all that was fine i think that was okay Um, but aw just needs to like you have four shows they all should be good figure it out um and timing is horrible they're too long and then that's my list
0: cool oh i think to finish up my list i got in the good side i got cena versus roman their feud was awesome like cena coming back like the summer was probably the best time for wrestling ever like so many things were happening with between every company and just what they were doing was awesome. So seeing that feud and just seeing, seeing it come back was fucking sick. I got anything Roman Reigns for the most part until the end. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got edge winning the rumble. Cause just edge oh, being man. able to do all this shit. It's like, wow, edge is really back. And that is probably one of the coolest things to see out there right now. Um, Adam page winning the gold I put down there is a good thing because you know, what, like, it's only the very beginning of his championship run and he's feuding with Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. Hopefully he wins again. Cause like, you know, I don't want him to be a transitional champion, but right now, you know, he even said it while he was talking to Renee, he's only had one match since he's come back. And it's this Brian Danielson match, you know, like mm-hmm. since he's won uh, the championship, he's only had one match. And now that I think about it, how many, has he had one, maybe other match since he <laughs> before winning the title. So like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he's even injured. I just don't think they're like, he's clearly not injured. If he could have an hour long match, I just don't think they're using him that much. Um, so I hope they use him a lot more, but him winning the gold is such a good fucking feeling. Cause he, you know, he was the first guy against Jericho to challenge, like, you know, while they were like, not challenged, but to go against each other to figure out who'd be the first champion and his fight, his, just everything leading up to him finally becoming champion that is good long-term storytelling with AEW. You know, people say AEW doesn't really do good storylines per se because they're more about the wrestling, but that in the long term was really good fucking storytelling from the feud with the elite and not fucking blending and not being good friends anymore with them and all that to finally, you know, the Dark Order stuff and here we are with him champion. I put that on there. Uh, I got John Moxley being just John Moxley, you know, going out there, being champion this year, but then also... Lo- oh, wait, no, he wasn't champion this year. He lost it at the 2020... Oh, did he lose? It? Yeah. No, he lost it at 2020, yeah. But uh, just John Moxley being a fucking badass, seeing him wrestle, seeing him fucking take over in the indies like GCW and shit like that. That's cool as fuck. I can't wait. Like It seems like the way they're booking Hammerstein, he's going to be back by then, I hope. So I hope he's all good, and I can't wait to see him in the Hammerstein against Homicide. And then I got... Uh, I think that's everything I got on my list. Oh, wait, Seth Rollins. I thought Seth Rollins this year was awesome. Everything with Seth Rollins, especially Seth Rollins, then Edge versus Rollins, probably best feud of the year. Yeah,
1: Seth had a – I think this is Seth's best year since his heel
0: title run, honestly. Like,
1: because after that, when he turned face, everything was downhill from there. But, yeah, Seth had a pretty – good and it's just surprising how he fixed the original Messiah gimmick was – Okay, but he fixed it somehow, and has been amazing
0: since, yeah, at first, I felt like the Messiah stuff was kind of weird, but now, like now what it is, what it's turned into, basically him being the fashion god, that's some good shit, I think you know for wrestling in twenty twenty one it had its ups and it had its downs, but you know what overall, pretty fucking good, pretty good time for wrestling. I, was, uh, I think we're in, like, some type of wrestling resurgence, you know? Like, wrestling feels like it's important again. And, like, even when I walk the street, I'll have, like, so many. So, it was crazy. I was unemployed until April. But, like, I have so many more wrestling shirts nowadays that I wear out and about. And I pretty much um, see, like, when I go out, like, at least once a month, I'm catching some random other person wearing a wrestling shirt nowadays, which is kind of awesome.
1: Yeah, I've been seeing people wear AEW shirts, which is cool, because, like, I always like to see people wear AEW shirts, because I want AEW to be big, so the more people who know AEW and put more people who watch it, the better. Uh, yeah, I've been seeing definitely, like, a lot of, like, people getting into, like, vintage shirts, or, like, vintage-style stuff, um, which is pretty cool, too.
0: Yeah, so this is just awesome to see, that wrestling feels fucking good so that's been our episode it's been a little bit of a long one but that's because 2021 has been a long year and also it feels like a short one at the same time because now we're in 2022 hopefully there's a lot of cool shit to talk about in 2022 i think for our next episode i want to talk about sneaker culture and professional wrestling since that has been a conversation and um that would be a fun episode to talk about so people check in for that one uh And, you know, Quade, look up some stuff so we can talk about it, I guess. And check us out on Twitter, at project underscore KFab. You can find us on Instagram at the same handle, same thing with our TikTok. Got a lot of stuff planned for this year. This is going to be a great year for the pod. If you haven't already, go check out the From the Top Row podcast. We have me on there for a panel. And that was awesome. We talked about all the live shows we went to this year. And uh, check out Quade's new podcast. A, plug your shit, bro.
1: Yeah, yeah, I have a new podcast. If you're into tech, uh, I'm gonna do a podcast with a friend called the Mandate Tech Podcast. We just talk about different tech news and stuff like that. But we, we don't focus too much on the news. We focus on like um, we had a good. I'll, I'll plug this one concert. So my favorite one was just like should tech companies venture out on some different things, like should Apple make a car? <laughs> it was like the big topic. Um, it's a cool. It's a cool podcast I do the side. So
0: check it out if you're interested in tech. All right, awesome. So, you know what to do, people. Check us out. If not, I don't care. Just do what you got to (laughs) do. Just check, just support the people and support us. And uh, thanks a lot, people. And deuces.